Hi guys. Uh, so this is the ischemia. Uh, this is the scenario, first scenario uh, that accompanies the ischemia uh, knowledge uh, video and podcast. For those that are tuning in on podcast, uh, there will be some ECGs and images in these scenarios. So uh, I suggest you take the time to log on to the website uh, and watch the videos to actually see some of the ECGs later on after you've finished listening to the podcast. Okay. So the scenario is you're in an outpatient cardiology clinic. You're assessing a 50 year old gentleman with chest pain. Please describe how you would approach assessing this patient. So in a 50 year old with chest pain, the first most important thing I want to ascertain is whether this is safe. So whether he has any chest pain at the moment at rest, that very much changes how I manage things. <clears throat> and then after that, I want to take a focused uh, chest pain history, trying to ascertain key factors as to whether this is cardiac chest pain or whether there could be other things causing this. Uh, so important thing we want to understand is the type of chest pain he's having, uh, where it radiates to, um, important whether it radiates to the jaw or shoulder, or whether it radiates to the back, which might indicate a dissection. Um, and important, most importantly, I think, is its association with exertion or exercise when it's relieved by rest. Uh, and then it's a bit of a history for how the chest pain has uh, developed over time. Uh, and then the rest of my history would be focusing um, on other uh, risk factors and a few bits about other pathologies. So any other background, any other uh, medical background, does he have any respiratory pathology which could be causing this chest pain? Is he at high risk of PE, for example, or has fibrosis? Um, does he have any, uh, does he have any, uh, what drugs is he on? Does he have any allergies to uh, medications, um, especially contrast, which might be important think about what, uh, what investigations and management is open to him. And then also about uh, other risk factors. So family history of early coronary artery disease, whether he has diabetes, hypertension, um, whether he's a smoker, and importantly, whether he takes any illicit drugs, importantly, cocaine, except can accelerate coronary artery disease uh, and cause coronary vasospasm spasm as well. Um, yeah, and then I proceed to examine him again, trying to make sure that he's safe. So basic set of OBS, uh, so blood pressure and heart rate, um, and make sure he's safe, and then have a structured, have a focused examination. Again, trying to think about other pathologies, so looking for any radio radial delay or femoral delay, um, or any lung pathologies or auscultation, uh, and then listening to the pre proper to see there's an indication to, as to any cardiac pathology, such as aortic stenosis um, or any other uh, valvular issues that could be causing some of his or contributing to some of his uh, symptoms of chest pain. Um, that's why I'm a short breath of diaphoresis if he has those. Okay, uh, so he gives a history of cardiac sounding chest pain, uh, which is occurring on less and less activity and occasionally coming on at rest. He's currently, however, chest pain free and your examination was unremarkable. How would you further proceed? So given that he's had a history of worsening chest pain on less and less exertion, uh, that describes to me crescendo angina. <clears throat> and the fact that he's now having chest pain at rest means he has, whilst, he's not, well, whilst he hasn't got any chest pain at the moment, he now has unstable angina. So therefore, by definition, this is um, unstable angina and therefore has to manage, manage an acute coronary syndrome. So I first and foremost would uh, ensure the patient's safe um, as 
as previously mentioned, and then talk to my consultant about the need to admit this patient, uh, and then think about uh, things that would need to be done uh, prior to admission, things we do in the clinic. So uh, that would be things such as an ECG straight away to make sure there are no ongoing ECG changes now, uh, things like organising, uh, helping the bed manager to organise a bed for him, and we can think about starting some of the therapies such as Julang's platelet therapy uh, now in clinic and talking to the ward team to make sure they're aware that this patient uh, might be coming out. And for me, the, I suppose the emphasis here is that this is now uh, an acute coronary syndrome patient that's sitting in clinic. So we need to move quite quickly to get to, into a place of safety. Okay. Uh, so as part of your investigations, you perform an ECG. Here is the ECG. Uh, please, could you describe it? Um, and then in slightly more detail, go about how you would manage the patient. Okay. So this is an ECG uh, of someone in sinus rhythm uh, at a rate of about 75 beats a minute. Uh, there are no obvious abnormalities, I think, important things to mention. Either he has good R-wave progression, which indicates no previous anterior infarct, and no pathological Q-wave, which also uh, ruled out a previous infarct. So essentially a normal ECG, but that won't change my management. So he will need uh, the recommendation being with my consultant to discuss about the need to admit this patient. And I'll talk through the patient about why this is um, and what this, this represents. So the fact that he would need admitting for therapy for acute coronary syndrome, so that's a dual-antiplatelet therapy, the choice of which I discussed with my consultant, and, and it would depend upon the patient's bleeding risk, so aspirin and clopidogrel, uh, if he has a high risk of bleeding, uh, or uh, aspirin, or something like prasigal or tacagrel, instead of clopidogrel, uh, if, if uh, that was our preference, which has a slightly higher risk of bleeding. Um, so I'll discuss that with the consultant, um, and then he needs an ECG, we definitely need uh, bedside echo, uh, if not a formal uh, transactive echo, if the, there is a space available, um, and other blood tests such as uh, full blood count, use and ease, um, use and ease to check kidney function if we're thinking about invasive uh, management and uh, HA1C and resting lipid profile. But the, by far the most important thing for this patient to recognize is that he will need. A coronary assessment within the next 72 hours, which is most likely with a coronary angiogram. Uh, and that's what I'd impress upon the patient uh, and also talk to our ward staff, as well as cath lab teams, to see if we could uh, just to make sure they're aware of this patient to try and think of a slot for the patient. Um, uh, yeah, I think those are the most important things. Okay. Uh, so you admit the patient, as you mentioned. Um, and he develops new chest pain overnight. Um, and this is the new ECG that's presented to you. Can you describe the ECG and describe uh, if there's anything you might do? Okay. So this is uh, a much more worrying ECG. It's still sinus rhythm at a slower rate, but the most striking abnormality is that he has uh, biphasic T waves in the anterior chest leads, uh, B1, B2, and mainly B2 to B4, which is typical of Wellen syndrome, uh, which is typical of proximal LAD disease. So, given he has ongoing chest pain overnight with a Wellen's type ECG, this actually is a um, STEMI equivalent. So, I'd be calling uh, my consultant about 
taking this patient to the lab overnight and activating the primary PCI pathway, whilst also trying to make sure that the patient was stable. So again, looking for signs of heart failure and decompensation, which I'd like to try and manage uh, and uh, optimize prior to uh, the consultant coming in to, for primary PCI. Uh, and also thinking about uh, thinking about talking to the patient, what's going on, uh, consenting consenting the patient, uh, and also thinking about other things to get the patient ready for an angiogram uh, if the consultant's agreeable. Okay. Um, and are there any other indications that you can think of uh, of taking an unstable angina or NSTEMI to the lab urgently for PCI overnight? So I think for a patient to be taken to the labs overnight or a patient with an uh, NSTEMI, uh, is it a Wellens ECG? Um, if the patient obviously develops uh, a STEMI uh, or STEMI equivalent, uh, the other STEMI uh, equivalent that we're worried about would be ST elevation AVR, which can be left main stem stenosis or left frontal branch block. If the patient has ongoing pain, it's refractory to uh, medical therapy such as GTN infusion, uh, or if the patient becomes unstable. Um, and I think this instability is due to uh, ongoing ischemia. Uh, so when I understand it's starting to develop pulmonary edema, needs urgent revascularization overnight. And these are all things I've discussed with my consultant. Okay, thank you very much.